Welcome to Animals to the Max. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. This show is about animals and the people who dedicate their lives to them. And welcome everybody to another exciting, folks, this is a really exciting episode of Animals to the Max. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. This is, you guys, I sit down with probably one of my all-time favorite podcast guests on the show. I have Savannah Bone. She is the global ambassador for Gatorland in Florida. She is probably the most passionate person I've ever met just regarding their passion for crocodiles and alligators. She I just, I have, I've always loved talking to her. I had her on in the show last year and I wanted to have uh, have her on again for National Zoo and Aquarium Month and it was so great to catch up and I'm so happy we were able to just record the conversation. You know, Savannah's the real deal. There are... A lot of people out there who, you know, pretend to be someone they're not or pretend to be this and that for social media. They, you know, try to use fancy editing equipment and try to put this and that together with their videos. And Savannah is the real deal. She has an amazing Instagram, great YouTube videos, a great TikTok, and she is authentic and she's out there and she's just spreading awesome, awesome information about crocodiles and about alligators. And she's just giving them a good voice. I mean, so many people are terrified of them. And so, you know, by using her giant social media channel. She's able to change people's perceptions of these animals that are usually misunderstood. But we just, I mean, we literally just catch up over, you know, a year since we last spoke. We talk a lot about her experience in Australia in the Northern Territory, trapping crocodiles. And these are crocodiles. Uh, Some of them have eaten people before. And we just talk about that thrill of just working just with these ancient dinosaurs. And she just goes into, you know, stories with that. She also talks about working with some of the top crocodile experts in the world. Those include Graham Webb and Matt Wright. They have, uh, you know, been working with crocodiles for years. And we just, you know, we just go into her stories. I absolutely love it. We then go into to you guys, I was cracking up some hilarious things that have happened to her during Facebook lives or during Instagram lives. And we even go into some crazy close calls where some people actually, you know, thought that Savannah might've been eaten by one of the animals. Seriously, you have to stay tuned for the story. It's near the end of the episode, but just a fantastic interview. And I know a lot of you listen to the show around the world and you want to work with animals one day. You want to work in a zoo. Maybe there's some of you out there who want to work with reptiles, maybe in particular crocodilians. Savannah gives you great insight. She's an inspiration. And, you know, for National Zoo and Aquarium Month, you know, this June, there's a lot of great insight in all the podcast episodes we've had. But this one is really good, especially for all of my future or potential reptile keepers. Listen to this episode. Okay, before we get started, as always, please make sure to subscribe to the show. I actually looked the other day on iTunes and it said like over 91% of you are subscribed to the show, which is phenomenal. So thank you, 91%. The other 9%. Hey, what's going on, guys? Please subscribe to the show. Also, please leave a rating and a review. If you want to help out the show, that that's like the number one thing that helps out the show, basically. The more reviews we get, the more ratings, the more the Apple will rank the show in the ranks. And the show's climbing. We are in the top 100 nature podcasts. I think we were, I think we're in like the top 20 nature podcasts in the world, which is insane. So once again, that's because of you and that's because of 
of your ratings, your reviews, and also, you know, just sharing this with friends and family or anyone who wants to work with animals because there's some great content. Also, please make sure to, if you haven't already, follow me on my social media feeds at Corbin Maxi. I also encourage you, of course, to follow Savannah's social media feeds, her Instagram. I will put the links in the show notes. And one last reminder before we get to the interview, please, if you have not had a chance, make sure to tune in to Animal Nights Live. You guys, this is the, uh, I think we're in our 14th week. This is insane. So Animal Nights Live is the late night show I started to do 14 weeks ago. It airs every Thursday live on my Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We go live at 8 p.m. Mountain Time, which is 10 p.m. Eastern, and we go live with animals. I interview experts, and we have so much fun. And there's people all around the world who tune in and watch. It's a great way to interact with other people in our community. It's a great way to ask, you know, questions. And we featured, we've featured amazing animals. We've had a camel on, a wallaby. We've had many of my reptiles. We just did a animal nights live with some bees. I went, I mean, live with the beekeeper. That was so much fun. We have great, exciting shows planned. Once again, that's Animal Nights Live, and that airs every Thursday, live at the same time on my Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. You can follow my page or follow at Animal Nights Live for more information. Okay, with that said, let's get to it. Let's get to our exciting guests. Please welcome to the show the amazing, the talented, just give it up for Savannah from Gatorland. Okay, honestly, so excited for today's podcast on the show. We have a guest that has been on before, and she is so awesome, and I decided to just ask her to come back because a lot of listeners have reached out. They want an update on the show. We have Savannah from Gatorland in Florida. How are you doing? So good. So happy. Always happy to be on your podcast. It's so much fun. Now, are you being are you being honest? Because you're a busy lady. You film with like alligators and crocodiles. I mean, it's hard to pin you down. So, I mean, it is in the morning, too. It is. Uh, it's before the day gets started really good. So, um, but I do love to be on your podcast because I like you a lot. And, and you know, our industry is really strange and has definitely some... Uh, strong personalities in it but you're one of my favorites for sure okay and you're one of my favorite people to follow on instagram and by the way we need we'll talk about instagram later but it's insane because i follow you and you say that you never see my content but i see you i love your content it's like the first thing i see in the morning is your content i love it if i want to see yours i have to go search it out God, Instagram is the algorithms are crazy. No, I, I, I love, well, you, I mean, it's good for you because you pop up and you are always on, you know, YouTube and you're now on TikTok and millions of people have seen your videos. And I just, yeah, can you explain to the audience maybe who, maybe who, who doesn't follow you, what you do for Gatorland and, you know, because you are, you're such a big influencer in the reptile industry. So I do a bunch of things for Gatorland, uh, but the thing I do the most is probably cut meat. Like, we don't show a lot of that in social media, but the thing I probably do more than anything else is cut meat and pick up trash that people leave in the park. You're so funny. <laughs> You're so fucking... <laughs> I've never seen that on social media of you picking up trash in the park. All day long. All day long. 
What? Okay. What you know, I'm happy you said that really quick because it is National Zoo and Aquarium Month. So happy National Zoo and Aquarium Month, by the oh, way. Oh, I had no idea. Thank you. <laughs> None of my podcast guests have even known it was National Zoo and Aquarium Month. And I'm like, let's have you on in June. And, you know, because of National Zoo and Aquarium Month, they're like, is that a is that a thing? So, yes. It, <laughs> okay. But I'm happy you said that really quick to intersect because a lot of people think, you know, when you work with animals, it's all this fun and games. You're playing with the animals. But you just said the majority of your job is cutting up meat and picking up trash. Yeah, cutting up meat, picking up trash. Uh, 99% of the time when I go home, I'm the dirtiest, smelliest person in the whole entire world. Um, you know, what people show on social media is the beautiful part of it. Like when you get this one moment that it's taken you 500 hours to get. Um, so, uh, yeah, so there's a lot behind what people see, you know, like, uh, I have monitors at my house. I have lizards at my house that I rehab. I have uh, a whole park full of animals here at Gatorland that I love. And uh, But it's a lot more work than what you see in the photos. 100% for sure. I'm sure you know that, Corbin. Oh, my God. I actually got... Wait, did I call you Corbin? Corbin, that's my name. Corbin. You don't know my name, and you are so full of crap. You said you're one of my favorites. Did you, did you think my name was Corbin? No. No, because I thought... I was saying, uh, what's that other guy's name? Jeff Corwin. Yes. Oh. I thought I was saying that on accident. Oh, man. What if I got offended and was like, oh, my God, we need to end the conversation immediately. I would agree with you on being offended by that. <laughs> so I was just checking myself. <laughs> God, you're my favorite person. I just, I love this. Okay. Can we go back to what you do? And I'm sorry because I completely interrupted. I didn't realize that you're going to say that you mainly cut up meat and pick up trash. So what do you do for the audience? And by the way, also give the audience your social media handles, which I'll include in the show notes, but just so they know. Um, so they can follow you okay so my instagram is at savannah bone savannah like georgia b-o-a-n and then my youtube channel is gatorland vlogs v-l-o-g-s and uh, my tiktok is at savannah bone uh tiktok's super fun it's one of the, the like most fun things that i get to do now because i get to combine like music that i like with alligators and crocodiles so that's a lot of fun yes yes so you are so you're basically there one of their spokesperson, correct? And one of their yeah. global ambassadors? Yes. So I am the international ambassador for Gatorland Global. Gatorland Global is our dedicated conservation arm here at Gatorland. So we have different projects going on in lots of different countries. Um, all of the money generated from our YouTube channel is the money that we use for those conservation projects. So it all kind of goes hand in hand. Lots of people always want to donate or they want to help out best way to help us out is to watch the videos and watch the commercials because that generates revenue for us. And then that means that I can travel not so much this year, but mostly I can travel all around the world and work with local people in different areas uh, and help them, you know, learn about crocodiles, educate them and, and understand why they're important to uh, their areas. Yeah, I, I love what you do. And it's so funny. I was talking to my dad because yesterday was was Father's Day. And he's like, what are you doing tomorrow? And I was like, I am interviewing the coolest person. I'm interviewing this girl <laughs> named Savannah. And I and I literally, I don't know why I said this, but I was like, she goes around the world and she preaches about crocodiles and alligators. And he's like, oh, that's great. And I was like, yeah, I mean, she's like the crocodile queen. She's in the swamps. And he looks at me and says, does she have teeth? And I said, <laughs> 
I said, yes, of course she has teeth. She has a beautiful. <laughs> I said, I got a lot of teeth. You have beautiful. My smile's pretty white. You have a beautiful smile. I said, Dad, she has a beautiful smile. Anyway, but it was it was like that stereotype of the of the swamp and working with gators. And I love that you are switching that because you're like I said, you're bringing just awareness to a lot of people because a lot of people are you know either scared of crocodiles and alligators or they hate them. Can we go into that for a second? Yeah. Um, I don't understand. I mean, I guess, I don't know. It's looks. Well, let me touch on what you just said. Okay. I like to combine my conservation with glamour. Now, you know that there's not a lot of glamour in the conservation world and like all of those kinds of things, but all of my makeup and all of that stuff is all like, you know, uh, animal cruelty free and stuff like that. So do you, you have no idea how hard it is to put on makeup in a tent uh, in a in a remote area that no one's been for 20 years because you're trying to find crocodiles. But here's the thing. Like, I don't want to look all busted out there in the middle of nowhere. Like, and how am I going to bring back a video and people are going to be like, oh, this is a cool video, but dang, that girl looks ruined. So uh, it's a very difficult uh, line to walk in all of that. You look good. You look so good. And your hair is good. I remember I was watching, this was a long time ago, the, one of your stories. And you, it was so fun. And I also like you on social media. I'm not blowing smoke because you're very real. You're authentic. And yeah. I remember watching one of your stories. This is a long time ago, but you were like, I'm so excited. I'm getting my hair done. And then like the next story was pouring rain. In your house. Like, That's oh. how it always happens. Um, like the, the time I was just telling you about the camping trip, like I, Last year, I went to the uh, Crocodile Specialist Group meeting in Belize, and then they had two camps afterwards to do workshops. So we went to this place called Cox Lagoon, where no humans been for like Wait, what, 20 years. what was it called? Cox Lagoon. Cox Lagoon? Yeah. Not Crocs, but Cox Lagoon? Cox Lagoon. And it's oh full God. of more or less crocodiles. Yeah. I, and howler yeah. monkeys. Yeah, yeah. And taper. And jaguars. So um, I went out there, and literally... It rained for three days straight. It never stopped raining. Never. Not for even a second. So we were in canoes doing crocodile surveys and, like, you know, trying to find crocodile nests and stuff like that. And there's howler monkeys. And we're bailing out canoes the whole entire time, <laughs> like bailing out canoes. But every, And I had to sleep in a puddle in my tent because there was no uh, – the tent leaked. And so, but there's nothing you could do because, like, the closest people you could get to, you would have to paddle your canoe like a mile. Whole time, my makeup was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That is, yeah, that is just crazy. <laughs> That's great. Well, good for you. I am happy. I don't have to worry about that. So, can we, okay, before we get into a deeper conversation, I, so, during the podcast, I have had a bald eagle, like on the other end of like a bald eagle, like seeing, you know, on the other end of Skype, I've had, fruit, yeah. I've had fruit bats, but I'll tell you what, the animals behind you, I am dying right now. Can the, can you just tell the audience what is behind you? Because I, oh, I, I wish you could see it. I can see it. Well, I mean, I mean, listeners can't, Oh, you're going to get one out. Heck yeah. yeah. No way. Um, hang on. Hold on. Oh my gosh, you guys. She is getting... Did you say these were baby albino alligators? They're baby albino alligators. You guys, Savannah, just to give you a play-by-play, -play, 
It's so awesome. She is reaching behind her in a tank and she is grabbing a baby albino alligator. Ah! Oh. I don't know. Can you screenshot it and then we can have a picture together? Maybe. Heck yeah. I don't, know. I don't even know. Let me get my phone out. Hold on. I'm so. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's do this. Let's do this. I, I don't really care about me. I just care about you. Three, two, one, smile. Ah! Oh my gosh! Ah! Okay, hold on. Let me see. There's two things of you. Hold on. Listeners, they know I'm not the best with technology. Can we do a split screen? I think you can. Okay, well, hold on. Let me get one more. I don't know how to do it, but I think you can. I think you and I are just like animal people. We're Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Ah! Oh my gosh. Savannah, you're killing me. I miss alligators when they're that small. You know? They're so cute. And they, so this guy's name is... So he's a baby albino alligator. He's one year old. His name is Huck. He's the biggest of them. We have a Huck, we have a Sawyer, and we have an Ellie Mae. And uh, they're going to eventually go into our white uh, alligator swamp. But for right now, they have to stay up here. But I take them outside, like, you know, at least two or three times a week so they can get some real sunlight, but not too much because they'll burn up. But uh, they're pretty crazy looking little things, aren't they? I love them. I thank you so much. I, I love alligators. And you know I have two, but I don't have albino yep. ones. I mean, this is like... Huck, you're just beautiful. I mean, let me see. Let me see if I can get him to call for you. Hang on. No way. Okay, hold on. Buddy, can you talk to us? Come on. Can you talk to us? Oh, here, I'll sit him down here. If he starts, I'll pick him back up and put it near the microphone. Okay. That. Oh my goodness. Can you tell the audience how rare are albino alligators? Um, so they're not as rare as leucistic alligators, which we also have here at Gatorland. Um, there's maybe a couple thousand of these in the world. Um, and, uh, you know, we have a big male and two young females that, uh, are together right now. It is alligator breeding season. And so we're finding nests. We, um, we actually did find, well, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. I better not say that yet. Um, so, uh. That you know, we get some leucistic offspring, and we're hoping that we get some albino offspring. But we'll see. You know, sometimes when it's a female's first nest, uh, their eggs don't come out right, or they don't do a great job burying them. So there's always things like that that come into play. Oh my gosh! I just <laughs> you have the ah, oh, it's so cool, and they. I mean, and, and Gatorland is a great place if you wanted to see you know albino alligators or leucistic alligators, correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, how many do you have? You have quite a few. And you have some big ones, too. We have three uh, full-grown male leucistic alligators. And then we have two het females named uh, Mary-Kate and Ashley. <laughs> you have, and wait, then... wait, wait, wait. You have two alligators <laughs> named Mary-Kate and Ashley? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're white? And then, <laughs> oh and then we have one, two, three, four, five, six, six albinos. Wow. Uh, them are adult. And then uh, the three babies we have. That is so cool. I just, I, oh my God. Another reason why I love this podcast, I get to chat with people who are so passionate about animals. And then I also get to see some animals every once in a while. Now, hey, you and I really need to talk because last time I talked, I really wanted to bring one on the Today Show. And I, we, right. we need to follow up with that. And the babies would be perfect. The babies will be a lot better because the two other females have gotten a little full of themselves since they've reached sexual maturity. Uh-huh. Um. So, uh, you know, when they get to that age, they're always going to test you, kind of like children do. Yeah. Uh, so we're not as hands-on with them as we used to be okay. because we have them all outside now. 
and you know how the sun that like even though it's covered they get enough sun to go like crazy and feral so uh we're still working with them we can still put our hands on them but not the way we used to like i used to be able to pick the big ones up yeah but now not so much yeah uh... listen what are you saying do it again do it again (laughs) so awesome so Let's just talk about what you've been up to because you've, you know, traveled the world since I last spoke to you. You went, you know, to Australia. You went to that crocodile conference. You're also producing so much amazing content. I mean, your videos are great. Let's just go into it. What have you been up to? And also, how was this quarantine? I know I just asked you 10 million questions. But yeah, I mean, so just fill me in on your life. It's been about a year since we last chatted. So, uh... Since we last had, it's been about a year. Well, I can't remember all that, but I can tell you this. (laughs) So, uh, in February, I went to, on Valentine's Day, I went to um, Darwin, Australia. And I went and spent some time with Graham Webb, who, if you guys don't know, is like the godfather of all crocodile everything. He brought back the saltwater crocodiles from the brink of extinction way back in like the 70s. In the 70s. Yeah, I yeah, way back in the 70s, before there was any equipment, before there was any anything, like, he was swimming with these crocodiles and, you know, designing, like, he's just the godfather. If you Google Graham Webb, you'll find out that he's one of the most amazing, knowledgeable, and secretly, I think he's a genius, um, just because, like, spending time with him was like spending time with, with like, your biggest idol, right? Yeah. So, what, what, what was Every that like? Were you class? nervous? Were you nervous? Because you're like, this is my idol. Were you nervous or did you play it cool? Um, I, I will tell you, spending time with Graham Webb was easy because he's older and he's very... Um, he, talking with him about what I do versus what he does is very... You know, it's very much two different sides of the spectrum, right? Um, so it's kind of like... I always think about it like this. It's kind of like talking to President Obama when he was president about a speeding ticket. So, like, <laughs> I would be like, well, what about this, 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 and this? And he would be like, you know, he, like, flies and meets with presidents and, and kings and, and, and things like that. And then there's me going, hey, what about that crocodile uh, that lives at your park? Why don't we do this with them? And so after a while, we kind of, like, bridge the gap of, like, what I think is important today with people and what he thinks is important. Listen. Yep. Oh my gosh. So cool. I want to see if the mic's going to pick it up. Yep, there we go. Look at that. Oh, it's like it. Oh my God. Go again. Oh. Oh, you are the crocodile. Oh, this is an alligator, but crocodilian queen. That's what I'll say. How are you? You're going to talk to him. Talk to him. He only does it when I get super excited. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, this is. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. What a great start for a Monday. Seriously. So. <laughs> All right. I'm going to put him back up so we can finish talking. Sure. Absolutely. Audience, this is so cool. This is why I love Savannah so much. She just is, oh my gosh. 
I, you know, and I mean, side note, I still need to come and visit Gatorland. I mean, once this whole Corona thing, you know, subsides. Yes. So, okay. We should. We love to have you. Yeah. Okay. So back on to Graham, you guys finally found like a connection. You're able yes. to speak with this. So he's like the godfather of crocodiles. Yes. Now, was, like, go ahead. He really just knows everything. It's unbelievable to me that any question I could have asked, he like knows the answer like that. And then is just off talking about something else. Was there one question you were dying to ask the godfather of crocodiles? Uh, there wasn't one specific one, but I did have an amazing time looking at, like they have like a history museum at Crocodilus Park in Darwin, which is his park. And it was the first park that was there in Darwin. Um, it was interesting to see how they used to catch crocodiles and how they, you know, like, because it wasn't like it is today, right? So there's a National Geographic that he was in where he's like, like they caught this crocodile and instead of a, a steel trap, they caught it in a net trap. Yeah. So it was like a net trap. That way the crocodile didn't hurt itself. And back then they needed the crocodiles to, you know, they needed them to breathe. They needed them to not get hurt and things like that. And so uh, it's just kind of fascinating just to be around him and hear stories. I guess at some point he was lost with the indigenous people for like three days and everyone thought he was dead. His wife thought he was dead. Like he was in a capsized boat. He had like, they, he had to eat bush meat for like three days and walk like this gigantic journey through the middle of nowhere, Australia, where there were crocodiles and all kinds of stuff coming after him and eating like monitor lizards because there was no food. And so He's done a lot of work with the indigenous people there as well who actually protect the crocodiles. So it was pretty fascinating to, but I didn't get starstruck with him, but I will tell you when I got starstruck. When did you get starstruck? Did you see a, like a big crocodile that you were just like, oh my God. Here's your controversy. Are you ready for this? Are I am. This? I am, This is exclusive on animals to the max. Let's talk about some controversy. I'm going to take a sip of coffee because I'm so ready for this. Hold on. Mm. Okay. I love Steve Irwin. Let's love hit Steve it. Irwin. Okay. I think he's great, right? Okay. Yep, yep, yep. I will tell you this. Uh, I don't know if you know who Matt Wright is. I've I've heard of him on Instagram, right? No, he's Monster Croc Wrangler. He had a show on that. Yes, 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 yes. Um, <clears throat> Matt Wright is the most amazing crocodile handler in the entire world. Like, I've never been around anyone. <laughs> that has been able to do the things that he's done and not get bit or eaten. And like, I got to spend some time with him out there and where he has his crocodiles is in the middle of nowhere. You have to take a helicopter out there. Wow. Like I didn't even know where I was. Like he just called me and was like, Hey, if you want to come out, you need to meet me at this helicopter part at, at this time right now. And I was like, okay, I'm there. So then I had to scramble and find an Uber and I couldn't find an Uber and get somebody to drive me there. And I didn't even know where I was in and the you, middle of the Northern Territory. And you tried to find an Uber? <laughs> like, well, I didn't know how I was going to get to, yeah. the, to, the, to where the helicopter was leaving from, but I just knew I had to get there, but I couldn't find an Uber in Darwin. And so I, I hitched a ride with like one of the maintenance workers at Crocodiles Park and I got to the place and then took a helicopter way out over the Northern Territory and got to this place. And I try to be cool. Like, I try so hard to be cool. And then finally, I was just like, oh, my God, how are you doing? <laughs> That's impossible what you're doing right now. <laughs> so it was really funny because when the helicopter landed, there were a bunch of guys there. 
that were at uh, Top End Safari Camp. They were having a bachelor party, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was all guys, and then the helicopter lands, and then out pops me. Oh, my and God. They probably were so happy. Like, um, so did... Like, he called her. Like, it was a very awkward sort of situation. And I walked up and I was like, hey! <laughs> and they're all kind of like, um, uh, so, you know, I think they thought I was a stripper. I was going to say, I was uh, going to say, because, audience, you have bleach blonde hair. You have your yeah. makeup. Oh, my God. I'm sure you're done up. You have, you know, a little a crocodile tooth hanging down necklace. Oh, my God. That is so yeah. funny. A and couple tats. <laughs> And, and like, like, so all the guys were like looking at each other and no one would say anything. And I was like, hey, I'm Savannah. And like talking to everybody and they kept on doing it, kept on doing it. And so finally, once I caught on to what they thought. I was oh, like, my God. It's so, so funny. what's up, you guys? And they were like, um, hey. Uh, so it was like the funniest thing. And then finally, I was like, I bet you guys thought I was a stripper. And they were like, oh, my God. Thank you so much. For saying that. We didn't know what to say. And we were all looking at each other. And we didn't know. So it was it was probably one of the most amazing times oh of my, my whole entire life. Oh, it's so funny. That's so funny. I'm so happy you acknowledged it, too. And you know what? That's a compliment if someone thinks you're a... I don't know. I mean, like, <laughs> it's better that they don't... I don't know. I guess it's... You know what I mean. Like, that means, that, hey, you're done up. You're looking good. Maybe, you know what I mean? I don't know. People could yeah. say worse things about you. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, like, <laughs> we um we went out there. Like, we, um, we kind of um, made our own meat. Like, we cut our own ribs. And we barbecued them, and we ate them, and then we took all the, uh, like, there's a lot of feral hogs in Australia. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, all, we took all the feral hogs, and we fed all the crocodiles. Every crocodile I tried to feed came up out of the water. And then we went in an airboat, which is kind of like a Florida airboat. Yeah. But it's got sides on it to keep the crocodiles from jumping in the boat. Because in Darwin, like, humans are definitely a food source. Like, you know... It's not like the crocodiles look at you and think, oh, I don't want to mess with them. They look at you and think, mm, I can take that down. Let's go eat it. Um, oh, my God. So that was an exciting thing for me to see crocodiles look at me and know like they hunting. can eat me. hunting. Really? Yeah. Is there is there a difference that you can tell? Because, like, in the eyes. Because I've never worked with big oh, yeah. crocs. Like, as I you work with my it, alligators. It feels like somebody punched you in the chest. Really? Like, you just know... Because th there is a difference. When I work with my alligators, I know they don't want to eat me. Sometimes they right. get mad at me. But so you could see a difference. Like, holy... Oh, yeah. Like, these guys are hunting me. Yep. No joke. Really? It's so scary. It is scary. I'm just sitting over here getting chills. Like, okay, so the boat has to have sides for safety. Yeah. My God. And, I mean, are they lunging out of the water? Or, I mean, what is going on? What is... So... How a lot of the crocodiles that were at Crocodilus Park, so the way it works is, because I got to go out with the Northern Territory government and check crocodile traps on the way into Darwin Harbor. Okay. And they trap those crocodiles because they will eat people. Really? That's why they trap them. <laughs> and then because they will eat people, do they have like yes. a, do they, do they, do you know the estimate on how many people they eat a year? I don't know how many people they eat a year, but no one that I met in Darwin would go into the ocean. Or would go into any body of water. No way. And and for people who are confused, I mean, okay, so if you're looking at Australia on a map, where's Darwin? Way up at the top. It's way the wild, the wild west of Australia. 
the way up oh my god right yep. here way up yep. at the top okay and so no one will go in the ocean or anything because of the crocs yeah really yeah my god i that... mean <laughs> i mean yeah I... <laughs> it's just like go every ahead. beach you go to there's a sign that says warning crocodiles have been spotted here crocodiles will eat you crocodiles are dangerous Wow, and how big, for someone listening, how big are these crocodiles? Because they're the largest in the world, correct? The saltwater crocodiles. Um, I, I mean, I, I, it depends on who you ask, really. Some people think American crocodiles get bigger. Really? crocodiles get bigger. Um, I think the biggest ones are probably American crocodiles and saltwater crocodiles. Okay, okay. But, you know, if you ask 10 different people that work with crocodiles, they're probably all going to give I you I know, and, and everyone with reptiles has an opinion. We're a very opinionated bunch, but which is good. <laughs> okay. That's why I always clarify by saying, like, well, I think this, but oh, that's other people might think something else. Oh, my God. I need to start doing that. Well, I think. or <laughs> Okay. Right. Okay. So how big do these saltwater crocs get? I saw a crocodile, and his eyeball was probably that big. No. Like, oh, oh, yeah. The size like, of an apple? <laughs> what? <laughs> listen, listen. So I'm here's listening. the way it works. Okay, okay. So the Northern Territory traps traps the crocodiles, especially if the crocodiles like have attacked someone, bitten someone, things like that. But the Northern Territory government doesn't put the crocodiles down. So they either go to a place like Matt Wright's or Crocodilus Park, which is Graham's place, or they go to a farm. So the, the a government- A farm? Is, like, like a farm for meat and their hides? Right. Oh, which crap. Is an, which is an essential, essential thing in conservation. People don't understand that, but it is essential. I won't go into that because I don't like to talk about it too much, but it is essential for people, human beings- to live and for the crocodiles to be conserved. Be Things, places like that are essential. Because they need, because they have to fill that demand or else they're going to take them out of the wild. Is that what you're trying to get to? So I can maybe say it like this. Like, let's say there's an area of land and that area of land is where crocodiles live, right? Okay. And there are people there and the people are eating the crocodiles, eating the crocodile eggs. That's what they're doing because that's how they know how to live. Now, if they take half those eggs and they give them to a farm, now they have money to feed their family and they don't have to eat the crocodile eggs. Half the crocodile eggs can hatch out and they can go back and they can be wild again. And then half the crocodiles go to a farm. And it is sad that they have to go to the farm because I love all the animals, but uh, there really is no conservation without some sort of monetary base to it. And if there's no monetary base to it, no one cares about crocodiles. Yeah, I still don't like it. I met someone a couple days ago, not a couple weeks ago, and it was just randomly someone who was talking about shooting an alligator with alligator hunting. And I just was right. like, the guy was super nice. And we got in this conversation. I don't think he knew what I did. And it, it, it turns out he was like, oh, I shot. And I'm just like, I wanted to like, I just had to like take a moment. And I, because I'm just like, and I, and I understand though, like with alligator hunting, like what are your thoughts on that? Because I understand you know, there is a season and they're trying to, I don't know, control the population. And I know that it's sustainable. I think it's just, I still don't like it because I love alligators so much. Okay. So here's an example. I'll give you an example that I found out about when I was in Australia. So they have okay. these traps for the crocodiles and I told you what happens to them. 
some of them Matt and some of them Crocodiles Park will rescue and other people that live there. Matt's just the, the high echelon name in this. Um, so they have these traps, right? Okay. So the people that don't think the crocodiles should die and the people that don't think the crocodiles should be culled will sometimes go and release the traps, which is, which is illegal. Yeah. Now, there's a, water park, there's a water park in Darwin, and they had seen a crocodile around the water park. And so they put a trap there. And the trap got pulled because they get notified. Someone went and released the crocodile <clears throat> from the trap. So crocodiles are smart. He's never going to go back in the trap again, right? But what he did do was climb up through the back of the water park. So, do you want your kids to die because you wanted to release that crocodile? Or would it be... <laughs> this <laughs> sounds like a terrifying water park. <laughs> but, things like, but things like that happen, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, it happens. And, you know, like, I'm not saying for or against. I'm just saying that there are some necessary... There are some necessary things that have to happen in order for us to keep all of these wild populations. And that's pretty much all I want to say about that. Oh, you did a very good job at that. I'm a like, little... I drink milk, but I don't want to milk the cow every time I go drink milk. And I love steak, but I don't want to chop the cow up every time I eat steak. But I still eat the steak. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Now, can we go really quick? This is interesting. Trapping crocodiles. Can you go into that? How do you trap crocodiles for listeners who are curious? Because I'm going back to visions of watching, you know, Crocodile Hunter, Steve Irwin videos. Back in the, I think, 90s, he was using nets and stuff. So how are you trapping crocodiles? So I'm not trapping crocodiles. Okay. (laughs) But the people people I was with, they, they make these big, huge traps, and the traps have a catch door. And what they do, and the traps float, so they put the traps out, they and they metal? put a piece of meat, usually metal? pig, okay. um, and they hang it in the trap. The crocodile swims in. Once he grabs the meat, it drops the trap, and it closes it on the other side. Now, a lot of the crocodiles that Matt has, and a lot of the crocodiles that are at Crocodilus Park, um, they were from the wild. Like, okay. And some of the crocodiles had eaten people, and they were still in the park. So it's not like it happens to every single one, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it does happen to some. Are the the traps still, did you say? They're metal, yeah. Or metal, okay, okay. And they, okay, perfect. So how big, let's go back to this crocodile who had an eyeball the size of an apple. I'm, (laughs) I'm, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. Like, I I don't even, I don't think they scream a lot in, in Darwin like I do. But I did a lot of screaming in Darwin. <laughs> wait, wait, but okay, just to go back, I'm just so fascinated with this because you're you're at Gatorland. What is the largest croc at Gatorland? Um, I think the biggest crocodile we have now is Lyle, and he's a Nile crocodile, and okay. he's probably 15 feet, pushing maybe 16. Okay. He's a very young crocodile, so he has a lot of room to grow. He's probably the biggest one that we have here. Okay, so then how big are the ones you're seeing in Darwin, Australia? Are they just way bigger than Lyle? 18 feet, 19 feet. Wow, and that you said the eye, I mean, my goodness. I mean, how big are their heads? I mean, are they just like... There's a picture I took there. I, I mean, there's a picture I took when I was there, and there was a crocodile head that was probably from the top of my head all the way down to my knees, and I'm six feet tall. So I would say, what, like four or five feet long head? Okay, can you send me that photo so I can post it on my Instagram? And then also, oh my God. I mean, that is just, to be in the presence, uh, it's just like a living dinosaur. I just couldn't, oh my God, I would be so excited. I bet bet your adrenaline was just like. (gasps) And imagine this, like, like I already told you, some of these crocodiles have already eaten people. So when I walk in, they're not like, 
oh, that's a human. Let's be scared. They're like, I already ate one of those. Let me see if I can get this one too. Like it's a whole different feeling ever that I've ever had in my life. <laughs> okay. Were you nervous? Yes. Of course. <laughs> States of America. So I feel like when I go to other countries, I have to put on, I have to make a good impression, right? Sure. Sure. So now, now not only am I from the United States of America, I'm a female that yeah. works with crocodiles and alligators. And that's even more of a rarity. So I'm with a group of like 15 guys and I'm the only girl there. So I have to up my game. I have to up it. So they're like, here, take this pig leg and go feed this one. And I'm no. like, all right. And then the guys were like, what the hell is wrong with her? And I was like, I'm from the United States of America. Oh my God. I love America. <laughs> oh my God. So, oh my, I'm just like, okay. So they give you a pig leg and you're with the, you're with a bunch of the guys who first think you're a stripper. So this is going to, and you're just like, I'm showing these guys up. Like I am going to, and they give you a pig leg and you go into this enclosure with crocodiles who have proven to eat people and you feed these crocodiles. Yep. Like a boss. I, Oh my God. You missed one time. Every single piece of meat went down their throat. Were you secretly like, yes. Like, Oh my God. I oh think yeah. I, Wow. And okay. So it's just, how do you train for a moment like that? Is this, is this just your, all of your work at Gatorland, all the years just building up to that one moment? Cause I mean, you can't just take a rookie in there and say, Hey, go feed a pig leg to a, you know, 18 foot, 19 foot saltwater croc. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like, like I've always been pretty confident about most things. And I guess it's just like, like, like I will tell you that I think that Matt Wright is a better crocodile. I think he's, I think, I, I don't You're think so nervous. New, I don't think he's the new Steve Irwin. I think he's better. Like, I just do. Uh -huh. Like, I've never, ever, ever seen Steve Irwin do anything. Like, we went out. I don't even know if I'm supposed to say this, but I don't think they'll hear it in Australia. We went out, and <laughs> there must have been, I'd say, 17, 18-foot saltwater crocodile huh. in the water. And he was in the water with the crocodile. Now, there's, there's no weapons. <laughs> There's no nothing. He called the crocodile. It came up in the front of the airboat. Like, like I'm saying, I screamed more than any human I think ever screams in Darwin, Australia. Well, and he was just in the water with them calling them. Mm -hmm. I, wild ones, not cat, not wild ones, completely wild. I saw him put his hand on the head of a wild female. So was the crocodile. And that's when like, like, that's when I was at like the apex of my like, oh my gosh. How are you doing this? This is impossible. What's happening right now? Oh my God. That is insane. What a, uh, and wow, Matt Wright. And you said he has a show. I haven't seen his show. What is his show called? Was it on he's Nat had Geo? Several, he's okay. had several different shows. There was one called Monster Croc Wrangler. Uh, okay. I think there was one called Outback Wrangler. And they're really super popular in other countries. I don't know why things hit and don't hit here in the United yeah, States. Yeah. But I will tell you, I've been around a lot of crocodile people in my life. And I've seen a lot of cool stuff in my life. But there's nothing that I've ever seen. And I and, and like eventually, like we had a conversation after I stopped screaming. And, you know, he was talking about the energy that he goes into the animal with and how that's different than what i do because usually when i go in with our selfies i'm so excited they get so excited and then they just end up running me out so like <laughs> the differences in the energies the differences in how you approach them um 
you know, things like that that I was able to learn from him and bring back to here. Now, I still can't touch my saltwater crocodiles on the head yet. Are you working on it? I'm going to work on it. I have secret plans I'm working on. I, I can't tell everybody everything. I'll get in trouble from my boss. Some things I have to work on when nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, I I have so much faith in you. I'm sure we're going to see an IGTV video of, a video of you or a YouTube video of you doing something like that soon. I could totally see it. So, were you? So you're there in Darwin. I, I take it. Are are you're filming this whole this whole adventure, right? I filmed as much as I was allowed to film. I'll say that. Oh man, were you? Sometimes when I film or I'm out, I get anxiety because I'm like, oh my god, I I just I, I just want to capture everything, and it's just like. Were you in that place too? Like, because you're like out there, you're filming or were you just trying to like live in the moment and you were filming when you could? Um, I honestly like, cause some of the guys that were there were, um, like they weren't interested in interacting with the crocodiles. Um, or, you know, I don't want to say they were scared, but they just, it wasn't their thing. <laughs> um, so I just honestly, like sometimes I think that, that, I think, and you probably understand this because you have, you have alligators. Like I think sometimes nature gives you gifts. Yeah. Right. And I feel like that trip was a gift. And so I really just at the end of it, just kind of passed my camera off and like, cause I, I just wanted to be in the moment and not worry so much about what I was filming as like, like, you know, there was this one crocodile and it's on my Instagram right now. And, uh, he didn't have a top jaw. So okay. it was no top jaw eyeballs prettiest eyes of a crocodile I've ever seen light like like almost the color of my shirt um so like fluorescent yellowish green eyes and it didn't have a top jaw like you know and people think well oh well, then it can't do anything to you but that's absolutely wrong but like I was so mesmerized by that crocodile and I feel like sometimes they're a little bit hypnotic like like they're kind of like come on come on just a little bit closer so anyways, like that's how I, I, I always give them voices in my head, like like you know, what they sound like. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what they sound like. Come on, Savannah, we're your friends. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. We need to go into this because I have never fed a saltwater crocodile. I am used to my extremely overweight American alligators who <laughs> who lumber out. <laughs> okay, give me some tips. And if I'm a listener, not that we want to encourage people, please do not. By the way, Savannah is a trained professional. This is her job, so we don't encourage anyone to do this. But give me some tips on, I mean, what are your tips when you're feeding a saltwater croc? I want to know. I want to know the behind the scenes tips. For me, always be ready to run. <laughs> and if somebody says run, run. Don't look back. Now, just run, run, run. Now, now there's there are rumors out there that if an alligator or crocodile's chasing you, you run and like a zigzag or you run around. And I know that's complete crap. Correct? Right. Okay. Yeah, they eat from side to side pretty much. Okay. So that's a that's a wrong move. Just run straight and fast and get away and get away and get away. And so you're never wearing like I'm assuming flip flops or anything like that, right? You're like always wearing good running shoes i like to wear um so i like to wear water boots and i make sure i get them a size too big because i'm always like i'm always thinking right so if somebody grabs my water boot my foot can still slip out right so i oh. feel like if they you know if they accidentally got that part of it i can still slip my foot out of it okay that's good to know okay so where okay so where a shoe size too big but then i'm thinking knowing my luck i'd end up tripping in these giant you know giant boots 
Yeah, you could, or you could throw your boot off, and then usually, you know, because they're kind of, they're motion sensors, right? So they'll, like, turn direction or something like that. Okay, so, okay, so you get ready to run, you wear good shoes, you make sure... Always take extra meat, because you might have to throw more than you think. That's good to know. Okay, always take extra meat. Okay, okay. Yep. Any other, do you look for escape routes, like... I look at their back feet more than anything else, right? Really? Like the, the bite's going to come from the front, of course. But what they're going to do is, so it's 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 a really cute thing, but it's really scary at the same time. What they'll do is their back feet and their, they'll, they'll pull in all mm-hmm. of a sudden their back legs, like they'll tuck them because that means they're going to jump. And then when they start to dig their little toes into the ground, that means they're going to jump. When they're in the water and we're feeding them, I always watch their tail. Because once their tail starts to do something, like it's getting ready to springboard them forward. So um, those are kind of little details I look for. Uh, Their eyes are quicker than mine, so it doesn't do me any service to watch their eyes. Um, And I never, ever, ever take my eyes off the animal. Because the minute you even turn your eyes in a different direction, they'll see it and that's when they go for you. Wow. So what do you do? So someone else has to be filming you. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. So you're never with a phone, like trying to do that. Not no. by myself. No way, dude. <laughs> no, I actually did that. I think it was last year. I was trying to feed Sonny my American alligator and I was trying to do a story at the same time. And I remember he, he didn't get me, but I mean, it was very, very close. And I thought, okay, no more of that crap yeah. like no more it's not worth an instagram because sometimes you get to the point where you do feel comfortable but i remember like that was it no more you know what i mean um yep and and that's with an alligator which i know is less dangerous but it's still a massive animal and it's still yeah can, you an know... alligator is dangerous let's yeah. let's let's just clear this up we're talking <laughs> about crocodiles yeah and you and i are alligator people we are right? alligator people we're always gonna say the crocodile is more dangerous an alligator will kill you just as quick <laughs> So, for everybody that's listening out there that doesn't have alligators and crocodiles, or caiman, like, the only bite I've ever gotten in my entire life came from a caiman. Ooh, how big was the caiman? He was big enough to do some damage. (laughs) (laughs) How big? Okay. So, probably, like... Okay, so, like, four feet, four and a half feet? Yeah, and it happened so fast, and I didn't see it coming. It didn't give me any indication. But, you know, the caiman are mostly fish eaters. So they, like, like they grab and shake really quick. Uh, and my hand was in his mouth. And then all of a sudden it wasn't. And then I was just like, what just happened? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's not a good feeling. Yeah, alligators and, can be dangerous, too. Go ahead. And caiman are mean. They're really mean. I don't think mean. people realize that. They're super mean. They are really mean. I was thinking... I've been like back and forth on whether or not getting a dwarf came in for our educational programs, but I don't, I, everyone I've came across has not been, I mean, they're very aggressive. Well, I think like, um, I don't know if you know the people at, uh, New England reptile distributors, like I do don't. You know the nerd people. No, I don't. I've so heard of them. Some, they have some they're working with that are, that are kind of calm. Like, okay. uh, but, um, but they work with them every single day. And that's a lot. Like somebody for you, I would say you could probably do it. No problem. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. Go but ahead. normal people that have reptiles think that the next upgrade is a caiman. And no. I'm going to tell you that it ain't the next upgrade. No, no, 
No, no, no, no, no. I, I, ugh, no, no, no. And I wouldn't recommend, by the way, if you are wondering, because people might wonder if you are listening, like they require space and like we're in the middle of building, as you know, a 1000 square foot alligator facility on our property for our alligators. I mean, the pool's massive. Yeah. They just, yeah, they're not, we're not recommending, recommending them as pets whatsoever. <laughs> You should invite me up there to come see them. 100%. And then I want you, we could feed them. We have a bridge. And I don't know. I mean, my alligators are super, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty chill. But uh, yeah, that would be awesome. I'd love that. They're so neat. Like I, yeah, both rescues. I think you'd really like them. That's cool. I think. Okay. So you and get. And you've had them since you were a little kid. That's even cooler. I've had them since I was little. You know, Jay Leno actually held one of them. And now Sonny's almost 11 feet. Isn't that crazy? How big was it? How big was it then? Four feet. He was on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno and Samuel L. Jackson. Snakes on the Plane. That's... Yeah. And there's a That's picture great. of him. And now he's just massive. And yeah, I love my gator so much. And I, that's why I love following you because you're so passionate and you are trying to bring awareness to, you know, creatures that a lot of people are scared of. I mean, even though we just talked about crocodiles eating people for the last 30 minutes. Right. <laughs> um, so can we go in? So do you have any more stories from Australia anymore in our Darwin that stick out to you? Um, I, I, I don't know. I just I, like, I would just encourage people to like, you know, if you're out there looking for somebody who's really doing the deal, just follow Matt, Wright, Man. He's okay. amazing. Follow Matt, Wright. God, I need to get Not him on that the... he needs the follows. He has a big enough audience, but he is just such a badass. Like, wow. like just like he blew my mind. Such a badass. Really? Do you feel comfortable with Matt now that you were hanging out with him or are you still kind of like starstruck when you're around him? Um, I feel comfortable with him and we still message back and forth and he'll probably come to Gatorland next time he comes to the United States. Good. Um, but I'm still kind of starstruck too, because like anybody that has that ability to work with those kinds of animals in that way, I believe has some sort of magic. Yeah. Um, and you know, of course you want to be as close as you can to that magic. Cause you know, osmosis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a dream destination? What's next? Once this Corona thing is just over. Well, I missed a trip to India. I was supposed to go to India six days after I got back from Australia. Wait, wait, wait. To see Gharials or? Yeah. Okay. So we, um, Gatorland, part of our conservation work is with Madras Crocodile Bank. Okay. And Ram Whitaker over in India. And mm. so I've been planning this trip for three years. Oh, and shoot. to go. And then it got canceled. So Gatorland is working with them on bringing some um, Gharial and also Mugger Crocodiles to uh -huh. the United States as a sister croc bank to them. And um, so I was going over there to try to work all that stuff out, but then that got canceled. And then I was supposed to go to Jamaica to release some American crocodiles back into Jamaica. Would have been the first time it's ever happened in the history of Jamaica. Wow. That got canceled. And then Crap. I was supposed to go to Cuba in August and I can't go to Cuba yet because, uh, you know, everything's on lockdown. So uh, not that I'm in a bad place to be stuck. Like I love coming to work every day. It's so much fun, but uh Travel is, you know, definitely halted. Yeah. Well, yeah. So to speak about the lockdown, is Gatorland, are they open now to the public? So we were closed. Oh, you'll think this is cool. So we were closed for two months. Okay. Yeah. When everything shut down. So I was here and um, I uh, did, a, I hosted a program called School of Crop. Yep. And it was a Facebook live program. And then every day at uh, three o'clock, we did a live Gatorland vlog on our YouTube channel. 
So we were doing two live videos a day, every single day. So we were here every single day trying to think of new things to do. But within about the first week, all the alligators that we work with pretty consistently, just they, they were like, because there were no people in the park. People, you know, when they come to the park, they can feed the animals croc chow, like throw it over the uh -huh. side. None of that was happening. So we were basically coming in and feeding them and then, you know, doing our two live things and mm -hmm. then no one was here. So um, it didn't take very long for them to forget, like, oh, Savannah's not my friend. I'm going to get her. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was neat to see their transformation in that time and how quickly it happened. Like, I spent the night here a couple nights and, like, you know, some of the alligators that I work with pretty consistently, like, seeing them change from, like, and seeing their eyes change and how they were approaching me change. Like, basically, by the end of it, we just ended up going in and trying to film stuff live and getting run out and almost eaten every single day. <laughs> so people are to talk about some exciting content, though, during the coronavirus. People were tuning in, seeing you guys. <laughs> I, I think that the most the the scariest day was like, you know, probably well into the second month that we were closed and. We had gone in through one way to try to film something and, you know, people have their favorite alligators that follow our social media. And so we went in to kind of film something and <clears throat> I don't know how it happened because it happened so fast and they got us in a circle. Like there were alligators everywhere. Like we couldn't oh get out. Oh my circle. God. And so one of our trainers here, his name is Danny. Danny climbed up a tree. So Danny was in the tree, but I couldn't get in the tree because the tree wasn't strong enough to carry both of us. So I was standing on a log. Alligators were in every oh my god everywhere, and all I had was a bucket, right? So, but to get out of where we were, we couldn't go back like along the path. I had to jump onto the boardwalk at Gatorland, and the only way to jump onto the boardwalk was if I abandoned my bucket, which was my only protection at the time, right? So, and to jump onto the boardwalk, there were three huge alligators in the gap Boy, between the trees. Is this all live? Oh yeah! I, Holy like, I don't crap! Even think it looked as scary live as it did, like in real life. So I had to drop my bucket and let them take the bucket and destroy it, and run up the up the broken tree, <laughs> oh jump God. over three alligators that were jumping like that, like that video game Pitfall. Yeah. Right? Landed on my belly on top of the boardwalk because I didn't like, like, because I'm big, right? Like I'm not trying to jump around a lot. Landed on my belly, and then someone on the boardwalk had to snatch me over the other side. So that was the most frightening one we did. For Wait, sure. do you just like? <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. I'm just like, were people on Facebook like School of Croc, like giving you the emojis, like the like the shocked emojis, and like commenting as this is happening in real time? I think people just started calling the front office and saying like. You guys need to get we, we don't know what's happening to Savannah right now, but you guys need to get out there because we think she's dead. And like, oh my you know, God. like it, it got to the point you... that like Dan, Danny had the camera, but he was in the tree. Right. So but at that point, like we weren't even concerned about filming. It probably just looked like chaos, but it was definitely the most frightening. Other than one day we gave them a ball, like a big boomer ball you yeah. know, that they make for animals. And then we went to try to get it back out the next day in a boat. And usually the alligators are scared of the boats. So they don't come near it. But in this time, right, like that people hadn't been coming to the park and it was all quiet. 
instead of them running away from the boat, they came to the boat. Oh, man. I had in my mind, plan. I was like, okay, like I'm going to fake fall out of the boat. It'll be really funny. It'll be really scary. So as soon as we got into the water, a big alligator came and oh, started chasing us. Crap. So we're, we're trying to push him back, right? Push him back away from the boat. And he's trying to get in the boat. So immediately once we got in the water, we were like, oh, we shouldn't have done this. We should not have done this. And so we went under a bridge to the <sighs> other side where the ball was. And I went to grab the ball and... Like, the alligator just, like, smacked the ball out of the way. Oh, and, my God. Uh, and he started coming into the boat with us. Like, ah! like, I, um, like, we were, like, I had my palms on the top of his head, like, pushing him, like, as physically hard as I could push him to get him to, to not get in the boat with us. And so that was a big fail. <laughs> was this on Facebook Live? No, no, no! It was on YouTube Live. What? Oh my God! Yeah. How? Was, yeah. I don't know how you do not have a show on like Nat Geo or something. This is insane. Are you serious? That is insane. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Like I haven't thought about it that much because it because we were doing it every day, so it, it just always seemed like a new thing and a new thing and a new thing. So I haven't even gone back and watched any of it, but I probably should because we did a lot of dumb stuff. <laughs> I just, okay, I, you're, oh my God, once again, if you're listening to this, please, please follow Savannah and follow Gatorland because you have great, exciting content. I, people really called to see, like, to check on you to see if you had died. That's happened more than one time. Like, one time I was, I was live God. on Instagram and live on Facebook, oh and an alligator shot out of the bushes, and when he shot out of the bushes, like, you know, I don't care about the video at that point. Like, yeah. so I dropped, I dropped both the phones I was filming with and he kind of crawled across the top of them. And all you can hear is me screaming. <laughs> and then Michael Brown, who's our other trainer is screaming, Savannah, run, Savannah, run. And again, like everybody started calling the front office. They were like, I don't know where Savannah is. Oh I think she just got I'm sorry to laugh. Sorry, you almost died. Is not funny, but it's the fact that you're like doing these <laughs> these live videos, <laughs> and then you drop your phone, yeah. and they just hear you run. This is all. Oh my god, I'm crying. I'm sorry. And it was all live. Like it was live of us screaming. It was live of the alligator crawling yeah. on the phone. It was live of everything. Oh my god. Okay, I'm crying. Okay, so. I'm sorry for laughing at that. I'm just like envisioning the whole thing. Well, I'm happy that you are safe, Savannah. So Me we, too. <laughs> we okay, we're nearing an hour. There are a lot of people who uh, listen to the show who are aspiring, you know, zookeepers or a lot of people who might want to work with reptiles or even, you know, crocodilians in general. Do you have any advice for those young people? Um, yes. Always be the hardest working person in the room and be nice to everybody. Yes. Like, it doesn't matter if you didn't go to school. You can read every single book that's available to every single zoologist. You just got to find the curriculum, find all the books, read all the things, and do all the things. And if you're nice to everybody, your chances are a lot better than if you're not. Because a lot of people are not as nice as they think they are. (laughs) I'm learning that in this field. It's, yeah. I think being nice and I also think being authentic because there are a lot of people out there who 
try to copy what you do. There are a lot of people who try to copy what I do and it gets, right. it gets very frustrating. And so I just, I think, I don't know. I think being authentic and I think being yourself is the best thing to do. I mean, would you agree with that? Absolutely. And you know, like anybody can write you a prescription for how to do whatever, but that's it. Okay. Let's talk about brisket, right? Anybody yeah. can write you a, write you a recipe for making a good brisket, but I don't mean you can make a good brisket. So you got to make your own brisket. Like you can't use, like I applied to work for Gatorland for seven years. I worked with reptiles for over 10 years as a volunteer, not getting paid at all. I learned how to edit YouTube videos myself. I taught myself how to do it. Uh, everything I've learned, I've taught myself pretty much how to do. And, you know, I, uh, like I was never not going to get a job at Gatorland. Seven years, seven years applying for every position, every time there was a position. And I had an awesome job at the time in California at a reptile zoo, but I knew where I wanted to be. And I knew where the success was going to be for me. And so like, I just never gave up. So I do get messages on my Instagram. They're like, Hey, I got a biology degree in this and like, I want to, I'm trying to get into the field and I'll be like, okay, so find your local pet store, find your local something and volunteer. And they'll be like, well, I don't really want to do that. Cause like, I already have a degree. You know what? Then you don't get the job. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think experience, I think education is important, but I also think that experience is just as important. If not, I'm going to, I can't believe I'm going to say it, if not more, because I mean, you need to have the experience and it also depends on a lot of people like who, you know, it's a small industry, you know? Well, it is a small industry. And to, to your point, like, you know, I've been in the field with several different sorts of zoologists and mm -hmm. biologists and conservation biologists. And there are things that I know from being here at Gatorland because that, that they don't know because they haven't had any sort of field experience or any experience up close in a day-to-day -day sort of scenario. So if they would have hired me to serve ice cream at Gatorland, I would have taken that job. And every day during my break, all I would have done is watch what everybody was doing in the park. If they would have hired me to pick up trash in the park, I would have taken that job. So, you know, lots of people write me all the time and they're like, you have my dream job, but I have my dream job because I made it. Yeah. I made my dream. I created it. They only hired me here part time when I got my job. Like when I, they were like, okay, well, we'll let you work here for this long and we'll see what you do. And I spent every single second showing them exactly what I could do. I love that. I, you just hit the nail on the head. That is like the biggest value bomb. That is, I, I love that because it's like, you weren't just sitting around in California waiting for your dream job to come around. You just, you, you went for it. And I, I love that. Cause I feel like some people in, in, in our world today, there's like this instant gratification. I think social media has a lot to do with that where people just expect to be instantly given something, or they think this is overnight, or they think that you know, cause you have such a big following on social media that it's like, oh, this, you know, you're, you're, you're so lucky. You must've had some lucky break, but it's like, no, I, you worked your butt off for this. And I still do. You still like, do. I honestly still do. I don't know if you guys have ever been to the state of Florida and had to wear a mask when it's 105 degrees outside and 99% humidity like yesterday, <laughs> but, um, it's definitely, um, it's definitely a lot of work and the work is more what I do. And if, 
if the social if the social media went away tomorrow and I had all this free time that I wasn't doing that, you know what I think about that? I get to hang out with the animals even more and no one gets to see what we do. And there are precious moments with nature that everyone shouldn't see. Like I have a photo file full of videos that I'll never show anybody because I don't think the world deserves to see it. That's so, I love that. And that's when you and I talk is you and I had a phone call and I was, I was venting to you about just some people and some creators and trying to just, anyway, we, there's just some people out there that just get under my skin who are either copying or trying to just, just, ugh, I just don't. And I remember venting to you and you, and you just, I love when you said that you said, if this all went away tomorrow, I don't care. As long as I still have the animals, that's why I do it. And I love that. And I realized you know, it's like, just don't take it too seriously. You know, who cares? Like if you died, right. to, if you died tomorrow or got eaten by a crocodile, that was kind of a joke, but who's going to care how many Instagram followers you have or how many views you have on a video. It's like, you're at least you're doing what you love. And I think that's a good point that you brought up. And something that you may not know, and, and this is probably going to make me cry, but since we're wrapping it up, I'm sure. going to say it. Sure. Um, my very favorite alligator, Aggator Land, all this time we were doing all this social media stuff. He passed away. And it was the most heartbreaking thing in the entire world for me. So what you don't know, what you don't see is that every morning I was coming here at six o'clock in the morning and I would just sit with him and watch him breathe. Uh. And then I would go do the things I had to do throughout the day to keep the machine running. Right. And then every day when it was over, I would go sit with him again just to watch him breathe and know that he was alive. And at the end of it, <laughs> at the end of it he did pass away and it was so unfortunate and every day all day long i look for him and i know he's not oh. there but that's how much i love him and i will always love him and there'll never be another one so if i can trade off some of that time and just sit and have been able to watch him breathe more i would trade it in a thousand years because none of it is important and if you love animals like you're never the star, only the animal is. That's it. And without the animal, if you're not a good person, you're nothing. Yeah, I'm, and I'm so sorry about the loss. I, you know, I think it's the worst part about what you and I do. I mean, hands down. Yeah, I don't want to end this on a sad. Sorry. Note. Yeah, I yeah. Just, no, I just, I it's, just, it's real though. I just want everybody to know that, like. Nobody just walks into it and then everything is all of a sudden great, you know? Yeah. Like, I was giving him shots every five days. Like, we built him a new enclosure. Like, we built it. Um, not like a company came in and built it. We built it. Like, our hard work was shovels and pipes and everybody here in the whole entire park. Because that's how much we love our animals here. You know, and it makes me really angry. Like there's not this is just kind of zoo transparency. So we did make a YouTube video about it. If anybody wants to watch it, like I can never watch it again because it makes me cry too much. Yeah. But um, we for the people out there that are like the animal rights people and the free every cage people, the alligator that I love never would have existed because he would have died 15 years before I ever met him if it weren't for a place like Gatorland. So uh if you think you know better, I'm just telling you that you don't. And everybody that works in a zoo facility works really hard and loves the animals they work with. And that's the only reason that we all do it. Man, that's, you said that perfectly. People, yeah, all the anti-captivity, anti, people aren't there abusing animals. They, yeah, you said that 
perfectly. And I think a lot of those people think there's this great utopia of this wild world and the wild just doesn't exist anymore, you know, with no. it, it doesn't exist. And I'm, you know, it's just, they, you know, I just, yeah, I, yeah. All those crazy people who comment and, you know, and troll, it's just like, man, spend your time doing something else. Why don't you spend your time raising awareness or trying to raise money for a conservation organization or, you know, quit. Yeah. I, I totally get that. You said that perfectly. I mean, and just as simple as Cuba, like if Castro would not have made the crocodile farms in Cuba and gone and caught all those wild Cuban crocodiles that they use for meat and they use for hide, um, there would be no Cuban crocodiles on the planet Earth today, period. End of story. So, yes, while sometimes the things are unfortunate to those of us that love them individually, uh, bigger global perspective is, like, there would be none. Yeah. Like, we would, sit, we would be talking about a species that no longer existed. Yeah. No, exactly. Because it's not, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, 100%. You said it all. You said it all. Savannah, thank you. Thank <laughs> I don't want to end this on a I know, right? No. I'm like tearing up over here. I'm just like, I, it, it, but you know, I like it though, because it's real. And when you, if you are wanting to get into this field, that is something that you will, you will have to deal with when you lose animals. And I, um, Oh my God. I remember I lost my favorite iguana in the whole entire world. He died and his timing cannot have been more perfect, but he died on Christmas Eve. So it was oh. like, Oh, I know. Right. So we were at the vets and it just was anyway, but it just, it's one of those things where it's just like, it just, it's awful. You miss him every day. You look in that enclosure and he's not there, but it's like, that's what you deal with when you work with animals. And unfortunately that's my least favorite part, but on a bright side, we get to do some awesome things. And I think that outweighs that. So yeah, I think so. And, you know, when I think about Blackwater, like his relationship with me was able to inspire a whole new generation of people that maybe they don't kill alligators and maybe they love alligators and they want to work in conservation. And so like his life did a lot of good for a lot of people and for alligators as a species. So I just uh, I don't know. I just miss him because I like he's my best friend here. Yeah. Well you know? You know, and I'll tell you what, he reached a lot of people. And I went on your social media feeds. Didn't a fan create like a tribute video of you in Blackwater? Yeah. I mean, that's, I that's amazing. I <laughs> See, that should make you feel so good. I mean, like you are reaching out to those people. It's just so amazing that someone took the time. And you know this as well as I do. The editing videos is not, it's time consuming. <laughs> so that is so amazing. I mean, he touched a lot of lives. So Yeah. You definitely did rest your job. Rest in peace, Blackwater. Yes, rest in peace. Well, Savannah, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for you know coming back on the show. I want you to come to Idaho, and I'm serious. We actually, I mean, we need help moving the big alligators. Maybe I'll DM you. When are you doing that? <laughs> we have to finish the facility. And it's honestly, this is like, and people are, you know, people message me all the time, like, when's the new alligator building going to be done? And it's literally my dad and I, sometimes we have a friend or two help us, but we don't have this crazy construction crew. We don't have the, I mean, the, the, it's all self-funded. So it's like, it's just my dad and I, and we are just so slammed. So we are hopefully within the next few months, but it's just, you know, it's a father and son project. And so, yeah, so I can't give you but an that's exact really date. Cool that you're doing all that hard work because you love them that much see that's where that's where it's at and your dad's doing it with you and it's like a family thing and like 
I think that's more important than anything else. I, yeah, I'm so blessed. I mean, what parents? I mean, it's just, yeah, I just, and the, the, their new home is almost as big as my house. <laughs> they have a better view. Oh, wow. They have a better view of the Snake River, the alligators do, than any of us, than my parents or at my house. So it's just so funny. But we love them so much, and we can't wait to move them in. Yeah, for sure. If you want us to come help move them in, like, I'm there. Just let me know. I'd love to do that. <laughs> awesome. All right, Savannah, thank you. Thank you so much. you have any last-minute words to our listeners? No, but thanks for having me. <laughs> I, know, I, I know I talk a lot. Uh, no. So... I'm, but I trust that your editing is going to make it sound better than me talking too much. I know this is great. I actually was thinking I barely have to edit. I just have to record an intro. You are just, you're so seasoned and you are, <laughs> I love it. Authentic. And you're just Savannah. And I, I love that about you. So thank you for being you. And thank you for taking the time to do this. Yeah. Thanks. And Nick, you're welcome here anytime. We'd love to have you. I need to. I really want to. I, did you say Gatorland was back open? Yeah, we're open. Okay. We've actually been pulling uh, alligator eggs. Uh, nice. We got, got some American crocodiles that hopefully will hatch out this week. Um, the raccoons have been on have been on the craziest tear. Like every oh. morning we come and they found a nest we didn't, and they're like eating up all the eggs, and we're so furious about it. Oh no! Do you have to trap the raccoons? Like, do you have traps? We try to catch them, um, but we just you know, so Gatorland's 110 acres, so we just relocate them. Like, yeah, we don't yeah. put them down or anything like that. Yeah. But like, man, they have been on. The raccoons have lost their minds this year, and <sighs> I think it's from the the time we were closed. They got really hungry. <laughs> yeah, because maybe all the trash, the visitors are leaving. I mean, you know, not they're not there anymore. Yeah, and man, but they, uh, we have one nest that, like, I think they go through it every single night. And, like, we've been through it four times already. Like, they even ate all the soft-shell turtle eggs. Oh, they ate crap. Everything. Oh, my God. You almost have to have, like, a 24-hour security system. Well, the one nest is right in front of a tree. So here's what we figure. They go in, they get the eggs, they go up the tree, they eat the eggs. They wait for the mama crack, the mama alligator to leave. They come back down, they get more eggs. They go up the tree, they eat the eggs. So they've done some damage this year. We had some of my friends at the Turtleback Zoo. They have a big alligator named Peaches, which I love the name, by the way. But he actually is uh -huh. he, he actually has killed a few raccoons in his day. Has that happened at Gatorland? Um, not that I've seen, but, well, they probably if eat they it. Wanted, but if they wanted to start, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Savannah. I know we're over an hour. Thank you so much. Once again, please keep in contact. Absolutely. Always, always, always. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Animals to the Max podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with friends and family. Also, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. It really helps me out. As always, if you have any guest suggestions, if you want to email me personally, head on over to CorbinMaxi.com. And if you haven't already, check out our social channels. You can follow me at CorbinMaxi on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll talk to you next time.